0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another week of Fantasy NBA. Today, it's Monday. It's the start of week four of our off-season podcast schedule and regimen. It's show 16 of uh, said off-season. And I want to thank everybody again for sticking with us here through the thick and the thin. The funny thing is, before I even really get into the show itself, I really do like doing off-season shows more. I don't know if it comes through in how I talk on the podcast, but there's something about not being forced to get a certain amount of info into any one show. I just sort of pod until I feel like being done. And we go as deep as we want on any one topic and as shallow as we want on anything else. And there aren't all these constraints every day Got to talk about this. Got to talk about this. Got to. Uh, get me out of that nonsense. Give me the freedom of the offseason. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. Thanks so much again for tuning in, everybody. If anybody happens to be new to the podcast, welcome. We're thrilled to have you. And you should know you can follow me on Twitter at Dan D A N B E S B R I S. I know this is the time of year where I lose Twitter follows, but I want you, the one person who's. Considering doing it for the first time today to be the one thing that keeps it from falling by one more. This is also a HoopBall presentation. That's hoop-ball.com. And they are at hoopball tweets on Twitter. I'm giving you guys the big umbrella Twitter handle because in the offseason, you want to hear about all the stuff we got going on at HoopBall and not just the fantasy basketball. I have some promo stuff I want to do at some point during today's podcast. But today is... Intro to Yahoo ranks. I do love this part of the off season. So what we're going to be doing here for the uninitiated. I think we've done this the last two off seasons. Did we even do it COVID off season? I think we did. And this is easily the weirdest of them after going through some of the data. This is some of the stuff that I've actually researched pre-show. A lot of the shows over the last 2 weeks while we were deep diving the numbers on some of our lessons to live by, I had done most of the math beforehand, but I hadn't really looked at the results. So we were kind of seeing them together on the show. Whereas this stuff, I've looked at it already. So I already know where the things are pointing us. You guys don't have to listen to me do some remedial algebra on the podcast. I I don't think this week, um, but the point of it, the point of this exercise, which really I'm trying to, I I've spent all this time trying to come up with a fun buzzy name for this particular discussion we have that does last usually for a couple of weeks. But it doesn't really matter what we call it. What it is is what matters, and what it is is we look at Yahoo's pre-ranks and we look at ya at the end of season ranks for those same players. Basically, it's the Yahoo preseason top one hundred and then how they finished, and we break it down into five-player chunks, three-player chunks, ten-player chunks, to get an idea of not only how Yahoo did, but how it impacts draft day, and then that, how that impacts draft day strategy for all of us moving forward. It's hard for me to convey all of that just in this kind of broad overview Explanation of it. But just to serve as an example, Yahoo's preseason number one this year was James Harden. And then some bodies moved around at the last second. You know, if you took the draft, Harden was down. Uh or he was up and then he was down, but his preseason mark was one. So you might disagree with where Yahoo had some of these guys, but this was basically where they had him for the bulk of the preseason. Harden finished this year as number 41 by totals, number four by averages. And because this year was so strange, and I've I've taken this data, uh, one, two, I skipped a year, two, three, yeah, basically the last three seasons I've actually done it for real, for real. So I think this is the third time we're doing it on the podcast. The one before that was sort of like a half-assed effort on my part. I wasn't really going deep into the Microsoft Excel stuff. This is the first year that we'll be breaking down both final ranks by average and final ranks by totals. Most seasons we just went by averages because there were the outliers, guys that played you know, 15 games, and you could kind of just pull that out in previous years. The problem this season, because for one, it was only a 72-game season, so every game missed was a larger percentage of the overall possible totals you could rack up. And because so many guys missed so many games, there were the discrepancies between looking at how guys perform by averages and how guys perform by totals for the Yahoo's preseason top 100 was night and day. For instance, just, and this is me jumping way out in front, I have a running tally among the the categories that we'll be breaking down on these discussions. One of them is, what I called a live sum, which is basically just a running tally of how much above or bef- or below Yahoo missed by. By totals, and this accounts for positive or negative misses. So, for instance, like, you know, you got to Rudy Gobert, and Yahoo had him at 28 preseason. He finished at 7 by totals. So he was actually a positive 21, where, like, John Morant. Preseason 27, he finished at 161 by totals. So that's a negative 134. So that live sum between those two is negative 113. If you do that for everyone in the top 100, the live sum, the total sum for Yahoo by totals was negative 5,249. Meaning... Basically, that if you, you take the average of that live sum, because there's 100 players, Yahoo missed on average, if you take the entire top 100, negative 52.49, negative 52. a half. Yahoo generally overranked players by 52 and a half slots between one and 100 by totals. By averages, 23.4. That's actually pretty damn good. When you consider how easy it is to miss, basically anywhere beyond like the top 40, it's really easy to miss. So the fact that Yahoo by averages, their top 100 only missed by 23 and a half, basically, I would have called that, under most circumstances, a really big win. Uh Last year, 22. So last year they were pretty damn good. The year before that, 24. So, like, by averages, Yahoo has been, by all accounts, pretty decent. Also worth noting, the live sum for Yahoo was actually negative 21.3 inside the top 70. It only went up by two over the last 30 players on that list. So basically what that tells you, not necessarily that they were hyper-accurate, but they just missed by about the same amount positive and negative over that stretch. Um, But what I want to do on today's show, that was just sort of a little little tease as to some of the things we're going to be talking about as we roll through just an unbelievable treasure trove of numbers. Fear not, people. I will be putting this, uh, I'll probably PDF it so you guys can just read it, on the internet. When we're done with this discussion, eh, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it on Tuesday. I have child care on Tuesday for the first time in a very long while. Um, although my child, <laughs> my child, uh, ripped my glasses off my head on Sunday evening and shattered them. So I I don't know what this week is going to look like for me. Pun partially intended. I really don't know what it's going to look like. I can't see it, but. So, you know, I have all these grand plans of like PDFing all the Microsoft Excel stuff I've been doing. I don't know when these things are going to get to you guys because time is is short and fleeting and I have no proper functioning eyeballs at the moment. But what we're going to do on today's podcast is we're just going to talk about what we're looking at and what we're hoping to learn from it. I don't think this is going to be the world's longest pod. I also don't think it's going to be the world's driest pod because this is the one where we sort of say, Hey, here's what these things are and here's what they could mean. And then we're going to dive into what they actually do end up meaning. It's fun. I love this stuff. Pardon me. I need a sip of squirt. That is, that is a good ass soda right there. Squirt is a good ass soda. Um, Before we dive in, quick shout-out to our buddies over at MyBookie.ag, just doing a marvelous job with odds on the NBA playoffs. you got prop bets over there, lots of really good stuff. MyBookie.ag, I would once again ask all of you guys, any of you guys that are considering getting into sports betting in any way, or if you just want to play with someone else's money, hit me up. I have MyBookie prizes that involve real, legit cash for new subscribers to my bookie. And I know some of you are like, damn it, I already have an account. Well, guess what? If you got a significant other, a brother, sister, cousin, aunt, uncle, father, mother, whatever, friend, coworker, barely acquaintance, we can open one up for them. We can get them going. You could even run their account. I don't care. If you tell them, hey man, I'll run your account. I'll give you half the profits. It's a pretty good deal. Hit me up on Twitter. Just write to at Dan Vespers on Twitter and just say, Dan, interested in the prize. That's it. That's all you got to do. I'll find it. There's nothing going on on Twitter these days. I won't miss it. MyBookie.ag. I'm not even going to tell you how to sign up because I want to make sure you hit me first for your cash. Sheesh. Pulling teeth here. Dan, I signed up already. No. You got to tell me first. All right. So here's what we're looking at here. In this massive Yahoo rank comparison, what I want to do today is go through what are effectively the columns that I'm looking at on my Excel spreadsheet, which is, for your purposes, the data. These are the categories we're going to be looking at and what we expect to learn from them. A few of them are very quick and painless. For instance, column one is the name of the player. Guess what? That doesn't really matter for the math side of things it actually does matter for the handicapping side of things because there might actually be something about x player x whatever whoever we're talking about that carries over season to season so player does matter overall from the sheer numbers standpoint it doesn't but as you're taking this data towards next year you do actually want to apply it to the players starting rank this category actually doesn't matter at all this is just yahoo's preseason rank i set up the top 100 1 through 100 in the order yahoo had them listed straightforward easy nothing you guys got to worry about there the next column is yahoo's final rank by totals in nine category leagues everything that we're going to be breaking down over this next little bit is going to be nine category leagues so by totals which means that it does include number of games played We have a column called average over the last five, which is basically a running tally of uh, how far Yahoo missed. Uh, No, excuse me. This uh, This isn't even how far they missed. This is a running tally of what the final actual rank was of those guys. So it's just telling us, okay, like what, this this last five players, what were they generally ranked near? It's not a super instructive category, and it's probably why I forgot exactly what it stood for for a moment. Uh, for instance, if you look at the first five, the first piece of data you're going to get on this one is after the fifth-ranked player, which is Steph Curry. But the guys leading up to him were Harden, Doncic, AD, Towns, and Curry, who had the final totals rankings of 41, 25, 140, 33, and two. So the average rank of those five guys by totals was 48. But of course, that was dramatically pulled down by Anthony Davis missing half the season. Not that Harden, Doncic, and Towns didn't miss their fair share of games, but if you pull out AD and you plug in, say, Giannis instead, who finished at 16, then suddenly uh, your average five there drops to like. 15 or 20 instead of 48 but again not super important where things start to in my opinion get a little bit more instructive are the next few columns this one the difference which is an easy one we are just subtracting the final rank from the starting rank and the reason you do it in that order is because i want a negative number to represent where yahoo missed by drafting too early and a positive number to represent where yahoo actually had them ranked too late a player that turned out to be a value. Not necessarily that you say, hey, you were ranked too late, but hey, maybe this guy turned out to be a steal. I also probably should color code those because maybe we can go find some of the guys we had targeted. Hint, hint. Chris Paul, positive 28. Arguably the best first few round pick. Up there with like Vooch, positive 26 Middleton positive 24 Gobert plus 21 things of that nature so you find these big positive numbers early these are big damage doers you'll see some much larger positive numbers in the 60s 70s 80s 100s range because there's more room for them to grow like Chris Paul he got drafted at 35 a plus 28 is almost as high as he could possibly go sorry he's drafted at 33 whatever. The next column is the absolute value of the difference, which for those that are uh, big into math, you're going to find the next uh, 45 seconds to be uh, somewhat annoying. But for those that are not big into math, the absolute value doesn't care which direction the miss was. The absolute value is best represented by, uh, in your mind, picture yourself standing in a room And you're just counting off the paces to some other object. But you don't care if it's in front of you or behind you. Normally, if something was behind you, you'd say, oh, I have to walk backwards five steps. And if something's in front of you, you say, I have to walk forward five steps. But the absolute value is saying, well, how far is it? I don't care where it is. How far is it? The answer is five, five steps. So the absolute value is something we're learning because now we want to know, well, look, Yahoo might... Let's say, yeah, I mean, and this didn't happen. I'm sure we could find a place where it actually did happen. Oh, here's one. Pascal Siakam and Chris Paul. Siakam was pre-ranked 32. He finished at 58. That's a negative 26. Chris Paul, as we just mentioned, preseason 33, finished at 5. That's a positive 28. Those two players back-to-back had a total running sum of plus 2 which, by all accounts, is saying, wow, Yahoo killed it. Over two picks, they missed by a total of two. That means, on average, they only missed by one over those two, except we can look at it and say, well, they didn't miss by one. They missed by 26, and then they missed by 28. So that's why the absolute value is actually really interesting, because now it's telling you, okay, well, how far was the actual total miss? It shouldn't be the case... That Here, let's go find another instructive spot. Here's a good one. Joel Embiid, preseason 15, finished at 17. Bradley Beal, preseason 16, finished at 14. So that's a negative 2 and then a positive 2. Great. That that adds up to 0. Meaning over those two picks, the difference was 0. That says Yahoo nailed it. By the absolute value, it was 4. Which is pretty damn close to 0. Either way, you can argue Yahoo nailed it. But, the fact that that total miss of 4 is basically the same as the uh, or the the sum, the non-absolute value, the actual sum of the miss was 0, and the sum of the Siakam-Paul pair was 2. Those sums look really close, but the absolute value sums, one of them was 4 and the other was 54. So the absolute value is saying, look, we're going to give Yahoo more credit when they miss by 4 total absolute value, as opposed to 54. Because adding the negative 2 and positive 2 together looks a lot like adding negative 28 and positive 28 together. Looks the same. It comes out to 0. But the absolute values are quite different. So that running tracker doesn't care what direction you're walking. It's just giving a, what's the total miss? And it's always going to be bigger, than the sum miss but now you're sort of adding in what are effectively the sizes really of the positive of the wins because yahoo shouldn't get credit for missing under and then missing over it reminds me i i watch the prices right fair amount it's on in the background when i work in the mornings here it's a uh it's a lovely game if you like math and and grocery shopping and I like both of those things, or I used to before a pandemic, but I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll get back into it. Um, they have a game on The Price is Right where the contestant has to guess the price of five grocery items, and if the total of the five thing, numbers that they give is within $2 on either side, meaning a $4 window, of the actual sum of those five items, they win. That doesn't take the absolute value. So there's actually an advantage in that game to them missing above and then below and then above and then below because it sums towards zero. But that's not as instructive for us in these exercises because if Yahoo said that somebody, and I mean, it gets more severe the farther down the board you go. Uh, For instance, and there's a perfect example here. Julius Randle was preseason 80. He finished at 16 by totals. Gallo was 81. He finished at... 145 that's a positive 64 and then a negative 64 and yahoo in this respect if you weren't doing the absolute value if you were just doing the sum that's a zero that looks like yahoo just absolutely drilled it crushed it on picks 80 and 81 when in fact they were terrible they missed by 64 two times in a row it just so happened they missed to the right And then the left, burp, they just stood right in the middle and whiffed by the exact same amount in each direction. That's not a win, and it shouldn't look like a win. Hence, absolute value. Now, just for thorough sake, we do have a live sum of just the difference... So that's why I was talking about when you add it all up. We also have the live absolute value sum, which I think is again a more uh a number that carries a bit more weight. And then we also uh very easily here had a running live average and a live absolute value average as well, which is uh in this case you're just dividing the the running sum by how many picks you are into the draft so for instance after the first 10 the live sum was negative 298 the live absolute value was 324 you divide those by 10 and every you can do it at any juncture after 11 it was so and so and blah 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 and when yahoo gets one right when they nail it those live averages and the live absolute value averages should actually come down it should shrink shrink As those numbers shrink and grow, they do tell us, how is Yahoo doing? Here's the problem. The running live average can kind of cheat a little bit. For instance, as you get deep into the draft, like Ana Julius Randall say, even though that was a 64-slot miss, it actually made the live average look better because it was just a big positive number that got thrown into a big negative number. Not a big positive number. The negative number was 4,052, and then you added 64 to it. Whereas for the absolute value, uh, the number before that was 5,066, and then you just added 64 to that. And it was roughly 75 or 70, uh, 80 and 81 picks into this thing. So by adding 64, you actually still, it still looks good. It actually slowed down the growth. Of the live absolute valuing, Colin Sexton actually helped it quite a bit, but uh, that kind of stabilized it. It was like, oh, well, we're generally missing by about 64 at this juncture anyway. So here we missed by 64. That's expected on the live average. That's not absolute value. It actually shrunk it from a -52 slot miss to a -50 and a half slot miss, which is insane because as we just told you, it was a 64 slot miss. That should have made that number go up. Another good reason to like Absolute Value. We have a per 10 category that rolls into the uh, the live average. And then an absolute value per ten as well, and this is one of my favorite ones. And again, we're just I'm, on this podcast. We're just going through what each of these things is for. The per ten is kind of like earlier in the show we talked about the the last five. This is the last ten absolute values. And this one is actually really interesting because when you look at these per these last tens, you can see where the Yahoo pre ranks got better and worse when you're just looking at the total the running total it generally just gets worse over time you can't see the little miniature fluctuations in it so for instance this year first round was actually really bad the second round was actually better than the first round and the first half of the third round if you combine the like the second half of the second round and the early third round, it was actually an area where Yahoo did pretty well this season. And then it just got terrible and really never veered off of terrible. Until somehow they had a not awful chunk in like the 95 range. Inexplicably so. I would call that almost dumb luck that Yahoo was like not that far off Uh, from Mikhail Bridges through Rashawn Holmes, like 84 to 92. They were not horrible. It's like, oh, well, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's weird. And we'll point out anomalies, and we'll point out where we should look at it. We're also going to do the same thing uh, with average ranks, because I felt this year, more than any year that I can remember, the, the, the difference between the total rankings at the end of the season and the average ranks at the end of the season was stratospheric. And you can see it in the numbers. It does bear itself out. The live absolute value average miss by totals after the top 100 picks, Yahoo is missing on average after 100 picks by 67 slots. Five and a half rounds. On an average basis, not by totals, on a per game, the miss was only 39. So three rounds and a little bit of change. That's huge. And there are all these little bumps along the way that that point to this weird discrepancy. And we'll go through all of them, probably in chunks of 10... Just to really get a nice feel for it and kind of to tease it because uh, I don't want to go a whole lot deeper on today's show. We're already a half an hour into talking about how all this this process works. And we didn't even mention the playoffs. Uh, I might save that stuff because we we did a Friday show that was very heavily focused on playoffs. However, uh, congratulations to the Los Angeles Clippers who advanced past the first round after a hard fought battle with the Dallas Mavericks. And, uh, congrats to the Brooklyn Nets and the Atlanta Hawks for winning the first game of their second round series over the weekend. I do have thoughts on those. I'm liable to put more of them on Twitter. I really wanted today's show to focus on how we're going to break down these rankings. Cause this is, this is the big stuff for us. We're fantasy players. Uh, but I will say that I think you could get a pretty good price on Philadelphia for the series price right now. Now that we know Embiid is playing, and we also know that Philly is, is started to figure things out a little bit in the second half against the Hawks, and I think they'll probably get their bearings. I also think the Bucks are a... Oh, crap. I need to make sure I got my timeline right here. They're playing to... Yeah, Brooklyn's favored by one and a half. Uh, I think Milwaukee does bounce back, and that last one, only 222. Yeah, going be that's going to be a higher-scoring game this time around. Milwaukee took 101 shots in that game, and nobody got to the free throw line. You're gonna see more free throws, you're gonna see more made three pointers on the Milwaukee side. Uh Milwaukee in the over, I'm looking at for this one, which I know is a little bit public, but I don't I don't really care on the over. Uh Milwaukee's actually not that much of a public play. Money's already unfortunately driven that line down, so it's just not uh not quite as juicy as it was a minute ago. But to finish up our thoughts on sort of the intro to this this Yahoo rankings discussion that we're about to dive into for a number of shows. If you look at the first 10 players, and I broke this down into groups of 10 just because it's easier to do division from 10, 20, 30, et cetera, instead of 12, 24, 36, and so on. At the end of 10, by totals, thanks to the fact mostly that Anthony Davis missed half the season and uh, was ranked 140, the um, the the live or the absolute value last ten miss was thirty two point four, and by average it was only twenty. I mean that's a pretty big jump. And there's sort of similar stuff that happens throughout. Like the second round by averages was almost a was actually pretty freaking good. But we'll be picking out all of these little tidbits as we go and trying to isolate where that total versus per game stuff was a COVID season anomaly and where it's something we need to focus on quite a bit as we look towards uh, future seasons of fantasy basketball. Uh, let's talk fan- Let's talk playoffs on Twitter. We'll go ahead and do that over there. I am at Dan Bespris. You can follow me that direction. Again, it's D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Tomorrow, we'll uh, start breaking this down. Groups of 10, and whatever we want to talk about, we'll talk about. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but we'll get it. We'll get through that. We will build our strategy for drafting the following season off of another year of delicious preseason to end-of-season data. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you had a, a lovely weekend. Enjoy your Monday night. We'll talk to you first thing tomorrow morning. So long, everybody.